This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good morning and welcome to a brand new year and a brand new Deep South Dining. And Carol, I am still standing. How about you? I am still here and Happy New Year, Malcolm. Happy New Year to you. I hope you had a lovely New Year. It was uh, super quiet on this end, as I'm assuming most people was super quiet. <laughs> super quiet. But uh, I actually saw you on television. I guess it was New Year's Eve, talking yeah. about the uh, catfish drop at Howland Mouse. Why don't you tell us about that? Well, we do this event historically at Howland Mouse where we <clears throat> we drop this glass uh, catfish. It, it's it's our version of dropping the ball at Times Square, and so we we drop a catfish in downtown Jackson, uh, very appropriately. And this year we really worked hard. <clears throat> Mostly, uh, my niece uh, Brandy Lee uh, worked real hard with Capital City Beverage to try to put this thing back together and to have it this year, just as a way to, <clears throat> you know, give people some hope and. Uh, just kind of do the next right thing. But unfortunately, the weather did not agree. So we, we set it all up, and then we were unable to drop it. Uh, it, it involves the Jackson Fire Department, the police department, and then they just thought it wasn't, uh, the weather wasn't appropriate. So we just carried it inside and and displayed the Sippy the Catfish inside and went on about our business of uh, counting down to the end of 2020 and celebrating the coming of 2021. I, of course, was at home in bed. Of course, but I know that the catfish is made of whiskey bottles. Yes, uh, glass whiskey bottles, and it's and, lit uh, all inside. It's a beautiful thing to see. It's yeah. It, it, I was wondering who made it. Well, uh, <clears throat> Stephen Barnett mostly made it, uh, and others. PJ Lee, Brandy, a lot of the folks down at Hallamals pitched in. Brian uh, and a bunch of the the folks that work there. This is the second uh, rendition, actually. The original Catfish Carol was created by O.C. McDavid. Oh, my gosh. He made it as a car topper, uh, sort of as a float for the St. Patty's Parade, and we later refitted it to make it the Catfish to drop, but it finally wore out. And so uh, Stephen Barnett and Brian Keller and Brandy Lee and a bunch of people down at the restaurant uh, had just made a new one. Uh, and so it's a beautiful thing. And uh, this one has, is much stronger and much more resilient and was built specifically to be dropped. So uh, it, it's it's great. I'm sorry we didn't actually get to do it, but we'll do it next year. And so uh, we will say Happy New Year to everyone. And the catfish will return. Sippy the catfish. Yes, nothing says Happy New Year to me like Sippy the Catfish. <laughs> so I'll, I will look forward to that. So uh, what was cooking around your house on New Year's Day? Well, certainly black-eyed peas. Um, and uh, my our green vegetable this year was Brussels sprouts, shaved Brussels sprouts. Green and leafy, but, you know, not turnip greens, not mustard greens, not spinach, but Brussels sprouts. How about you? Well, I just wanted to comment on your Brussels sprouts because I saw several people on our Facebook site cooking and coping doing Brussels sprouts, and there was quite a bit of conversation because, as you know, the green vegetable uh, is supposed is supposed to signify folding money. 
mm-hmm. and we decided collectively on Facebook that the Brussels sprouts, it's about wadded money, big <laughs> wads of bills. So I think you were, in, it's certainly in the right place, but uh, at our house, it was pretty traditional. The the peas, of course, for uh, good luck in pennies, did collard greens for folding money and cornbread for gold. So, wow. so, they so you're had, off to a very good start. How about you, Java? What, what went on at the uh, at the Chapman household for New Year's Day? Oh well, we were the, we were the exact same. Uh, black eyed peas. Um, uh, um, greens, cornbread. Um, my dad, uh, had, uh, did some ribs. So I went and got a little bit of pork, just, just a little touch of some mm-hmm. pork to, um, you know, to forge it here for the new year. So we're, um, we're all covered. <laughs> well, Job, I have a, a, another food question for you. I saw a post from you yesterday, I guess it was on cooking and coping and you had some fried, nuggets with a white sauce and you posted is this fried cauliflower or chicken wings well, so. <laughs> something like that well yeah i um I, I on our on our text i told you guys that my wife she's been no she's been meatless for about six months now and she's strapping me on her back trying to get me to uh you know join join the uh join the ride but she she started making these um boneless well well, i guess to call it boneless cauliflower wings and if Mm -hmm. you don't know you know you will be hard pressed to say that they are not chicken wings because she deep fries them um she puts the the buffalo sauce on them and when they come out they look exactly like boneless buffalo chicken wings and you dip them in sauce and and you eat them you you may not want chicken wings again and i'm yeah, not yeah well a, you I'm were not. dipping them in a little ranch dressing that looked pretty good to me yeah i like them and i'm not even the vegetarian in the house <laughs> yeah well i hope you'll share your recipe because they look absolutely delicious your wife's recipe that yet Malcolm has it exactly right. <laughs> Not mine. I didn't I didn't cook anything. Yeah, yeah. Java's the eater. Uh so you know, Carol, with the end of the year, there are list, list, and more list. As you know, most <clears throat> newspapers, magazines, websites all compile their best of uh, you know, the twenty twenty. The New York Times released a list of the top red food stories for 2020. And a lot of these were super interesting. I know you saw them. Oh yeah. I read, uh, I had already read a lot of the stories, but you know, there were some trends and some things that I hadn't seen. There was uh, an entire story about people who cook naked, which I found highly entertaining. Uh, and it was good to know that when they're frying things, they do, <laughs> they do put up, they do, <laughs> A t-shirt. They but, need a splatter guard. Yeah, one of one of the stories that really hit me was the number one story of the year was about stocking your pantry, and that's something that we all faced in a different way this year during the challenge of COVID, and I know I certainly did because I went from living right down the street from Whole Foods to living about 35 or 40 miles 
out from Jackson and, you know, 20 something miles from the closest grocery store. So I, I did a lot of pantry work this year. And it was amazing to me when I read through their list, how much of it I had learned you know, intuitively. Uh, yeah, just things to stock that you can make a meal with uh, with any day. And I, I don't know about your pantry habits, but mine well, certainly changed this year. <clears throat> My pantry habits are controlled and uh, organized by Kara. Uh, she is the pantry queen at our house. She does all the shopping uh, and she really works the pantry and the refrigerator and I'm, I'm serious about this. She stays right on top of it. She, she organizes, reorganizes, uh, prioritizes, checks dates, moves things around. It's kind of like a, a mini restaurant where the inventory is constantly being checked and moved around. And so anyway, she's the, she's the queen of pantry on uh, Gillespie street here. I saw the second most read food story was about food expiration dates and, and, and how to actually follow them and, and use the term best before, which does not mean bad after. Exactly. And, uh, you know, one of the main things that mentioned is that expiration dates don't really mean when something expires. It's more of a quality issue instead of a safety issue. And the only product, uh, according to this story, that has hard expiration dates is baby food. Mm. And again, it's not a safety issue, but it, it's it's about uh, that you know, the food loses its peak flavor after a certain time. And, and uh, I, I didn't know that expiration dates are voluntary. So, yeah, that was news to me, too. But and the, the third, I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say the best way to, to know an expiration date is by your nose. Mm, right. And your eyes. Yes. Some things turn colors and uh, weird colors. Yes. Very when, weird. Colors. When things float to the top, mm, probably time to rotate. Yeah. And the third most read New York Times food story for 2020 was one of my favorites, which is the one pot wonder. You know, the, the section about food that can be cooked into one pot, one dish, and which I just love. And of course, my brother Hal was a master of the of the one pot. And you know, sheet pans are considered a one pot meal, even though it's a one pan meal of you know putting your your vegetables and your starch and your protein on on the sheet pan. And there are lots and lots of recipes if you you know Google sheet pan cooking that come up, but uh, it reminded me of our conversation with Vivian Howard a couple of weeks ago. And as our listeners know, Vivian is a famous chef and cookbook author, and we were thrilled to have her on her her show to talk about her second book. But one of the things she and, and Malcolm talked about was one pot food, and she said, it is a waste of a roast chicken if you don't put it on top of something. Right. Yeah, cook it on top of something because whatever's underneath gets receives all the flavor from the chicken. So yeah. I, I heard that and I'm excited about trying that this year. And our co founder of Cooking and Coping, Lee Ann Galt, is a masterful one sheet cooker. She has um 
I love following her stuff that she posts, and it a lot of it's uh, done on on a simple sheet. Yeah, well, did you see the thing she posted a couple of days ago? The cornbread. That was wild. Yeah, it's it's one one of the most interesting things that's been posted on on the site this year. And Leanne did a skillet cornbread, but there were patterns on mm-hmm. the top. And when you you got closer and looked at it. She had put, laid very thin onion rings. They looked like roses, like three or four clumps, you know, of a flower or a rose on the top. And then she had uh, put leaves of sage, and people were just blown away by the idea of that. And I want to think more and talk more about cornbread and get Leanne on the show pretty soon to, to tell us about some of the things she's doing. I mean, she is the true example of a home cook. Yeah, that, that cornbread as visual art uh, was amazing. So we will uh, look deeper into that and hopefully have Leanne on the show sometime in 2021. But at this moment, it is time for our first break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about <clears throat> what we call upcoming food trends. For the new year and how to create great kitchen habits we all need to work on that so stay tuned on southern remedy healthy and fit you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active i'm dr josie bidwell host of southern remedy healthy and fit and associate professor of preventive medicine at the university of mississippi medical center listen to the show every monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. Welcome to South Dining. We're talking about everybody. Everybody. Happy New Year, Carol, and welcome to 2021. It's a brand new year out there. Well, back at you, Malcolm. Lots to talk about in the new year. Yeah. The first thing we've chosen to put on our list uh, today is... Habits, new habits, new habits in the kitchen. And uh, and there are lots of, of, of ways to look at establishing new habits and how to be more organized. Um, so we'll start off the kitchen, the new year with, with these new great habits in the kitchen. Arrange your grocery list by category and skip backtracking through the store. Now, who hasn't backtracked through the grocery store? Well, I try very hard not to because going to the grocery store for me is very stressful. It's a very big place. Uh, But, you know, I start my list with produce and go right down down the line. You know, produce, dairy, um, kitchen goods, supplies. Uh, Mm. but, But I wanted to tell you that this topic came up because Java and I were texting texting yesterday and, and I was telling maybe you two my some of my food new year's re- resolutions and my number one and I hated to confess it was that I need to do a better job of cleaning up the kitchen and I mean I absolutely wrecked the kitchen and during the quarantine I wrecked it three times a day and I just spent <laughs> entirely too much time cleaning up dreading to clean up and uh, anyway, Java wrote me back and said he and I were thinking along the same lines, you know, about tips for for improving. And you know, we came up with the, with these tips. But his his tip about that really makes sense, and it's just so simple. It's 
unload the dishwasher before you cook, that that mm. makes all the difference in the world. And for me, that's going to be like some kind of a mental leap because I hate unloading the dishwasher. But I feel if I can do that, if I can get over that, that one little hump, you know, my life could change immeasurably. Yeah. Well, and, and one last thing about going to the grocery store <clears throat> beyond the list and the avoiding backtracking, do not go to the grocery store hungry. Oh, yeah. That'll mess you up every time. Well, I don't know how it is for you, but do you have people come look in your grocery basket because they know that we are food people? You know, and I know I owned a grocery, uh, you know, a gourmet store and you're a restaurateur. I mean, people will bust me if they if they see Cheetos in my bag. Somebody mm. will come up and say, oh, I can't believe that you would have that in your grocery cart. Oh, such a snob. No I Cheetos know. for has, Carol. Has that ever happened to you? Well, first of all, <clears throat> I do not go to the grocery store. Uh Oh, Un unless it's on the rare occasion, unless it's on the rare occasion where Kara asked me to run, pick up some stuff. Uh, I stay out of the grocery store and she does the majority of the shopping. So no one sees what's inside my grocery cart. Malcolm, your life has changed. Yes, it has. Now, guys, well, also. Liz from Liz, Liz just gave me a nice little tidbit that dating sites say that um, it's okay to if you're looking for people in the grocery store um, to peek in their buggy to or their basket to see um, what they're you know what they're eating as a point of a a, a, a pickup. So if okay, they if they do have now the, I know you're hitting on me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> now we have moved from establishing new kitchen habits to a dating game. A dating so game. now we're in the grocery store and people are scoping out our basket to decide whether or not they like us. So Cheetos, no Cheetos. I mean, it depends on how you want to go. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I'll get us back to the list. Here's a hot tip. Okay. Back to the list. Wash your greens as soon as you get home. This makes okay. a huge difference. And these are things like kale and spinach and romaine lettuce, iceberg lettuce. Yeah, to go ahead and wash them and prep them and wrap them in, like you can put the individual leaves in paper towels, or I sometimes just put a paper towel in the bag to absorb mash, uh, moisture and put it in your refrigerator, then they will last a long time. Same with herbs. Yeah, that's a good tip. <clears throat> when you get home, clean your greens. And uh, wash them off and then put paper towels around them. And either stick them in a plastic container or a reusable container and stow them in the refrigerator. Freeze in small portions. Divide the dish into single servings for easy defrosting and short order meals. That's a great, great tip. Well, another tip about that is that now they're silicone ice trays. And they're large, yeah, really large cubes that people are using for cocktails. They're about four or five times yeah, the size of a regular ice cube. And those little trays hold about, well, the ones I have hold six, have six slots in them. And those are nice size portions and good ways to freeze things. And Vivian Howard was talking about freezing her um, onions 
in those uh, ice cube containers. Remember that? Yeah. Did did <clears> she <throat> did she put them in anything or just freeze them? As, as Once she caramelized them, you know, she talked about them being sexy. Oh, that's and, right. You know, making sure that they're perfectly brown. Then she stuck them in these um, ice ice cube freezers and had them available so she could pop out these caramelized onions uh, at any at any point. Uh, we have a call. Uh, Kathleen from Osaka has called in. Hello, Kathleen. How are you in 2021? I'm, I'm doing great. I'm so glad y'all are doing this. I got three quick tips. One, if you're serving cocktails, freeze grapes, put them in the uh, drinks, and that way they don't melt into the drink and you can eat the grapes later. Use those little ice cubes, what you're doing. And then uh, when you are prepping, uh, dampen a hand towel and put it under your chopping board so the chopping board doesn't slip. It works. That is a great one, Kathleen. And then when you do dishes, because some people can't, don't put their knives in the dishes, have a jar or a two-pound coffee can or something non-breakable that uh, you put your knives in when you wash them so you don't stick your hand in a dishwash, uh, a sink full of soapy water and you pick up a knife the wrong way i did cut the tip of my right hand finger off uh the tip mm. of it it was not pretty not pretty please learn and y'all well, Kathleen, i want to i want to uh, piggyback on what you said about about knives never ever put a knife in the sink in dishwater because right. of what you said about cutting but also hand wash your knives always Yes, they will stay sharper. They will last longer because putting knives in the dishwasher is not a good thing. The, the no, phosphates thing. and chemicals right. in the detergent will pit them and take the edge off. I'm enjoying the next okay. year, Malcolm. I'm staying tuned. So y'all keep busy. All right. We, we appreciate your listening and supporting us and certainly we thank you for calling in. Those were three great tips. The frozen yeah. grapes, uh, don't put the uh, knives in the dish soap water and put a damp rag underneath your cutting board so it does not slip. Very, very good. And speaking of equipment, <clears throat> one of the other uh, great habits is to stow your equipment by season and keep everyday tools within arm's reach. This is really important if you have a small kitchen, and I keep my roasting pan, my big wok, my crock pot in in a storeroom in the garage, and you know bring them out as needed because you know there there's just no room in the cabinets, and if you don't want to clutter up your your countertops, it's a great thing to do. Yeah, and it's like clothing. You, it's seasonal. You, you have certain things you use in the wintertime and certain things you use in the summer when fresh vegetables are coming in and you're doing uh, different sorts of kitchen prep. And the last one of the great habits in the kitchen that we're going to mention today is work sweet to smelly. When chopping vegetables, hold items like onion and garlic for last and don't ha that way you don't have to wash the cutting board in between ingredients. I always do onions and garlic first, and I have in my entire life. This is the first time I've even thought about going sweet to smelly. 
I am the same way. I, I like to chop the garlic and onions. And also, they're usually the hardest to do, so I always get them out of the way. But leave it to Java to turn up a great tip like that. Right. And I love the way that it is styled, sweet to smelly. So do your, <clears throat> you know, do, do your uh, leafy parsleys and your herbs, uh, maybe your celery first, spinach, whatever you're chopping, and then work backwards uh, to the onion and garlic. Now, the reason I always put onion and garlic in is that's how I was taught when I got in the restaurant business. And I always thought it was because the onion and garlic needed to cook longer than everything else. And that was the reason I was chopping them first. Well, it's mainly for your, for your prep, too. So if you just go ahead and prep everything um, at one time, you work from sweet to smelly, so you won't have to cut your, you know, uh, cutting board. And if you're making separate dishes also, garlic goes in this dish, but you don't want the garlic smell or flavor in, in your other dish. You understand? <laughs> yeah, you're yes. bringing up a good point, Java, because, you know, prepping is really critical. You should prep everything before you put it in the pot because there's nothing like, you know, stirring a pot and then like, oh my gosh, I've got to go run, do this or do that. Have everything out, all of your spices measured before you start cooking. And here's one of the great, great tips is clean as you go. Uh, it makes the task easier when you're done. And it's something, again, I learned in the restaurant business, but I will tell you, Kara told me just the other day, she said, would you please wipe the stove and wipe the counters after you finish cooking? Because I sometimes neglect to do that. So I got to, I got to do a better job of that. All right. We got a caller. Sue from Beaumont is on the phone. Hello, Sue. How are you? Good morning. Glad to hear y'all. Happy night. Happy 2021, not 1921. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I, want, I wanted to ask you about washing produce because strawberries grow close to the ground and, well, grapes too, which, which you know, grapes grow on vine. But produce like that, I have a big bowl. I put a couple squirts bleach in there, and I always dunk my strawberries in there, wash them around because I've heard that strawberries are, can carry more bacteria and stuff than anything else. Is that true? I, I don't know. honestly do not know the answer to that, but we will look into it. That's a possibility. And, and I, I, have a, I have a tip for, like, when you start to cook something and you, you want an onion and you have to stop peeling an onion, I, 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 I will peel four or five onions, and I have a plastic jar that I put some paper towels down there, and you put some onion. Go ahead and, and peel three or four onions and keep them on hand in the refrigerator so when you need an onion— you just go in there and open that jar and get your onion out. Sorry, peels, you know. Right. And then bacon ends in pieces. Like I cook a bunch of them in the crock pot and put them in a jar, put them in the refrigerator. So if you want to season something up, you just dip in there with a spoon and dip out some of the bacon grease and bacon pieces and season it up. You don't have to. It's already cooked and ready to use. That's a good tip. Great idea. And, Great um, idea. And, you know, I, I hate fighting those garlic skins, too. Right. I like to go ahead and prep a few garlic fingers and, and, and have them ready. And um, I just wondered if anybody else washes their produce because I've been doing that for years, you know. Yeah. Well, uh, Sue, while we're talking, I just looked up uh, some information on how to clean strawberries. And two of the sources I'm looking at say to wash them in vinegar water. Uh, a cup of white vinegar and eight cups of water. 
gently mm. move them to dislodge any dirt, and the vinegar kills spores and bacteria. So there's one tip. Hmm. That's I, a good one. I found out one thing, though. Uh, uh, a plastic flat of little, little strawberries, you know, it, it's a pound. I saw some at the store the other day. By the time you take off the green tops and the and the and the stem and that little hard part on the bottom, uh, you don't. I mean, you're you're wasting some strawberries. But frozen strawberries are one of the greatest things. I just love them. You can get that in a 15 ounce container at the store where I shop. They're frozen. They come in this little plastic container, and you open it up, and you, you can make strawberry shortcake or something out of them, and they're already ready. Yeah, for a lot that's a great price. It's a lot, lot cheaper than buying the fresh strawberries, but they're already macerated with sugar and everything. Oh wow. Right. Well, Sue, thanks again for uh, listening and for always calling with really wonderful tips and good ideas and suggestions. You know, I was watching an interview yesterday on CNN with Dr. Sanjay Gupta, who was talking about uh, how to keep the brain fresh and alive and and rejuvenated and how to avoid, uh, you know, losing your mind as it were. <laughs> and, and one of the things that he talked about was about eating berries and lots of them. He said that berries, all berries, blueberries, strawberries, are the best brain food that there is. So I figure uh, the more berries, the better. And finally, before we go on break, uh, another tip about cleaning and keeping the kitchen organized is to keep a, a prep bowl by your work area to corral your onion skins, your carrot tops, and all the other odds and ends that can clog up a cutting board. Plus, it, you'll make fewer trips to the garbage can. About that one, Carol. Uh, just plus, save those tips and freeze them and bring them back out to use for stocks, especially carrots and celery and pieces of onion. Hang on to your tips and your debris. It makes a wonderful stock. All right, it's time for the next break. When we come back, we will talk about how to make 2021 the most flavor-filled and delicious year ever. We'll be talking about food resolutions and ways to eat healthier in 2021. So we invite you to stay tuned. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. Welcome back to Deep South Dining right here on MPB Think Radio. Carol Puckett, Malcolm White, Java Chapman. We're so glad that you are tuned in this morning. Don't touch that dial. We've got callers on the phone. A lot of our favorites are tuned in this first show of 2021. We've got Bill calling in from Greenwood. Bill, what's going on up in the Delta, my man? It's very cold, but I think it's going to warm up. <laughs> oh, uh, what you, what you uh, cooking? I got two things for y'all. Uh, first off, uh, uh, you know, I found out, you know, when you go in the store and you get one of them sales papers, you know, as you're shopping along and you seem like it's the friends that you use to see. It'll pick it through your basket and ask you about everything. Put it on top of, of what you're buying. And they can't see it, but you know, some of them will lift up the paper even though, but <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> Tips for disguising your grocery cart, Carol. That's that's yeah. a good one. Can you repeat? I didn't quite hear what he said. Did he say put a newspaper? Obviously not the National Enquirer. 
on, oh, the, yeah. on oh. top of your groceries. I, I just take the sales paper at the store, you know, the little circular. Oh, yeah, the, sale, the sales sheets. Great yeah. idea. Cover your groceries with coupons. Yeah, I'm going to cover my Fig Newtons with uh, a sales sheet. Good idea. All right, Bill, what's the second tip? That was the first one. Okay, uh, great. I love grapes, and it seems like I like to, to grab a, a bunch of them and, and munch on them when I'm shopping around. It curbs my appetite. Uh, but, you know, I, I love to get the black ones. But I've noticed the black ones have some sort of film or something. Is that pesticide? And I rub the sub of the grapes, and it comes off. Uh, you know, is, is it not safe to eat them uh, before you wash them, or is that pesticide? Or since you just avoid black grapes? I don't seem to see it on green grapes or red, yeah. just the black grapes. Well, Bill, the reason that the grapes are not washed in the grocery store is to keep people like you from eating them before you get to the checkout counter. So <laughs> our response is, wait till you get home and wash the grapes. You can eat, you should eat a little sandwich before you go in the store. So I wouldn't eat them until they're washed. That's just my take. <laughs> well, it's always great to hear from Bill up in Greenwood. We appreciate you calling, appreciate you listening. We got Mikey on the phone from Mobile, Alabama. Hello, Mikey. Hello, and happy new year to all of us. Um, uh, I'd like to build on a tip that, that, uh, Sue, who is one of my favorites, too, um, uh, called in about the, and y'all expounded on, but this is, this one I use daily. I use it all the time. It's the vinegar and water thing. I, I keep right. a spray bottle full of a dilution of vinegar and water, and I also keep, um, I found that you can just take the nozzle, you know, the spray part off of a regular bottle and stick it down in a an undiluted vinegar bottle because I use it that much and I use it not only, not only can you spray and when you spray the, like the, the strawberries that she, that y'all were talking about, just spray the whole little basket thing and then spray it with a, you know, a, a clear water. I also keep a clear water one to rinse it. Right. And voila, the basket and everything is clean and, you know, it's just easier. And, uh, but you can also clean your countertops. Um, I even use it on the floors. I keep a des- The other part is I use a designated microfiber cloth that I throw down under one of my little rolling cart things, and I just leave it on the floor so that when I spill something, I just take that vinegar and water dilution, give it a little spritz, wipe over it with my foot so I don't even have to bend over and um, uh, with that microfiber cloth and then kick it back under that cart. And then when you when you need to clean it, you don't even need to add any soap or anything. You just put it in a bucket of cold water, leave it overnight. It wrings out almost dry the next day and have separate ones for your countertops and stuff. Well, thank you, Mikey. That Those are great tips. I am loving this show because... I've heard so many tips that uh, I never even thought of before. But a spritz bottle with vinegar and water is a wonderful idea. You know, vinegar has so many uses. And I loved the idea of spraying strawberries. I'd never heard that before. Can't wait to try it. Yeah, great you can tip. spray your hands with it if you need to. Mm-hmm. Particularly in the uh, COVID-19 
uh, climate, it would be great to keep some vinegar water handy at all times. Mikey, we appreciate you calling, appreciate you listening to our show. I hope everything uh, is is merry and bright in Mobile, Alabama for 2021. So, Carol, now we're going to move from tips to resolutions. What do you think about food resolutions? Well, I've got some. How about you? Yeah, I always got a few. You remember mine from last year. It's yeah, not laughable have, looking back let's on it. cook for more people and have more people over. <laughs> yeah, have crowds over to my house. Whoa. Well, I'm starting off January with uh, two resolutions that one of them I'm committed to keeping for 30 days, and I'll see how, how I go on the other ones. I'm going to try Meatless Mondays this year. Okay. Well, you can and join that, Java and his family. Yeah, yeah, Meatless Mondays. But I'm also participating in Dry January. And Dry January is a movement that was started in Great Britain in 2014. And just as a, you know, health measure, uh, just good for you to give up any type of, you know, beer, alcohol, or wine. So Hmm. I'm into my fourth day of Dry January. I'm into my 16th year of dry January, and it's well, going pretty good for me. I've always looked at you as a trendsetter, <laughs> so you've been at it a long time. But uh, another another one of my resolutions is to expand on my resolution from last year, which was about learning to preserve. Yeah. And if you'll remember, this summer I learned how to preserve. I did pear preserves, and I did fig preserves. And I want to expand that this year, you know, and not just make something, but master it. Do enough that I really, really learn it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to can tomatoes. And I, I've wanted to do that before, but, you know, you keep waiting to do it. And then all of a sudden, one day, the tomatoes are gone. Right. So gonna do you got to get on it early. Yeah, do it earlier in the year. So how well, I want to join you. I want to join you with that tomato, putting up tomatoes. Uh, I just love tomatoes all year round for soup making, for, for making a sauce. Uh, I just love having a can or a jar of, of good tomatoes uh, uh, handy like that. My, well, You know, I was reading that uh, most New Year's resolutions, Carol, only last 32 days. And that people typically fall back to their old habits uh, by February. So, you got to push through uh, that 32-day uh, trend there, and and to keep the keep the pedal to the metal. And in terms of mine, I want to grow more of what I eat. So I, I've I've got a little garden. I've got some plants and pots. I just want to grow more and more of the things that I cook and I eat. So that's really my my food resolution. Well. Yeah, I really believe in resolutions, and mine usually lasts way more than 32 days. And, you know, one of the things that helps me is stating it to another person and, you know, committing it. And then I actually, you know, type it up and revisit it. But uh, John and I sit down on New Year's Eve, and we make resolutions for each other. We mm-hmm. have our own resolutions that which we share, so that cements those. And then you know we you know, have like four or five resolutions for each other. And I found that to be just a wonderful way to get an outside perspective on 
you know, ways that he can see me grow or I can see, you know, him grow. Yeah, there's just some some things that we don't even think about ourselves. Right. Well, I also know that one of your resolutions is to make more of your own pasta. I know you've talked a lot about that here recently. So I know that's one of the things you want to work on. I do. You know, a long time ago, uh, owning the Everyday Gourmet, you know, we sold a lot of pasta machines. We taught a lot in our classes. And I just haven't done it in years and years. And I'm going to start back. I've been very inspired by people on cooking and coping. And I've been very inspired by Elaine Trigiani's cooking classes. Elaine, Oh, you took, you took yeah, one, right, recently? And, yes, I did. But Elaine is from Jackson, Mississippi, but has lived in Italy for many years now and is a wonderful cooking teacher, culinarian, olive oil taster, art historian, and you know, seeing how, how Italians just whip it up on their counter, run it through a pasta machine. It's not a big deal. It's not like an all-day thing. So I'm getting out the pasta machine and, and starting on that, and I invite you to ask me as the okay. year goes on how I do. All right. And remind me, I've got some uh, boxcar lima beans for you that I cooked with the, the Virginia ham. So I need to get that to you. Now, another thing I read about that seems to be quite a trend is more of the plant-based diet. The Java, aren't you interested in the plant-based uh diet i've heard you talk about that a bit yeah i am and it's i can i give the all the credit to my wife because when she started on her meatless thing it started out actually as a, like a challenge between her and my mom they were just going to try something for a while and then slowly but surely my mom kind of fell off even though she does eat fairly healthy but crystal um she has stuck with it for about six months and turned me on to a lot of different plant-based things um just over the holiday i actually had eggplant parmesan um instead mm. of a instead of a chicken parmesan and i mean it's a lot of times you can't really tell the difference because if you cut the eggplant um uh thick enough and then you put enough cheese and sauce on top of it i mean <laughs> you can't you can't go wrong and then another thing yeah. too that we find out um um, is this the new meatless ground, grounds or grinds as they call them, um, where you can kind of make your hamburgers or your uh, dishes that may call for like beef or something, and you just substitute the plant-based um, uh, meatless um, uh, grind. And a lot of times you can't, you cannot tell the difference, especially in dishes like spaghetti. And uh, we made, mm-hmm. we actually made it with sloppy joes um, at the house for the kids. And I mean, you cannot tell the difference. Hmm. Well, if when you go to the grocery store, especially in the frozen food section, now you'll see so many plant-based products. And you know, the movement is not just because of health, but but it's because of our planet, yeah. of, you know, farming sustainably. Um, great gases are created by cows and pigs and, you know, and all of these animals. And, you know, of course, we're not talking about cutting out all animal foods, but wherever we can to start choosing plant-based products that can be renewed. Right. Now, what I read something about kelp, kelp being the new kale. Now, where does one get kelp, Carol? Well, there's dried kelp 
in a lot of the new snack foods. You can actually get packages of it. You can buy kelp that can be reconstituted in Asian markets, and I'm sure some grocery stores will have it. But I love mm. that that they're saying kelp is the new kale. A couple of uh, years ago, there were people wearing buttons in Whole Foods that say collards are the new kale. So kale must be the benchmark. Yeah. <laughs> Of trending food, but I know and, I know John John has has some little kelp snacks that our friend Neil Strickland uh, mm. brought in because they're so high in iron, and he really likes them. But I, I'm not quite there yet. Now you said that you were going to add gumbo making and roux making to one of your as one of your food resolutions. Is that right? Yes, and I've already started, thanks to cooking and coping, the first recipe I did was a turkey sausage gumbo that Mm. our friend April McGregor published a few years ago in a magazine and came back around on the internet. And I would say probably 15 people on cooking and coping have made it. And the first time I made it, it was really good, but when I looked at pictures of others dishes they were so much darker and I, I learned that I do not know how to make a dark roux uh, I've always been nervous and scared of the roux I put you know a jar of peanut butter by the stove and when it gets to about that color that's as far as I go because I think I'm going to burn it so right. I started I did my first dark roux this weekend, you have to be brave. You have to just let it go to the edge. But it made a huge difference in the gumbo. So I'm going to uh, learn seafood gumbo and probably like the gumbo zerb. Uh, yeah, and don't forget duck. And duck gumbo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, mm. I'm going to be working on that this year. And I know that you'll help me. Oh, absolutely. And you know, most people on cooking and coping use the oil and flour stirring on the stovetop method for making roux. You can also just put flour in the oven and brown it like you would brown bread. You can toast the flour and add it uh, later. You don't have to, 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 to cook the flour in oil on the top of the stove. You can just put it in, uh, you know, a, 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 like a toasting dish or a, a flat pan and just put it in the oven and, and brown it that way. Might Malcolm. be a different, a different Who way. Knew? To, yeah, yeah. It's kind of a different take on. Well, it takes roux. about fifty minutes to make a dark roux. Yeah, it's a well, lot of stuff. I like both methods. I like yeah. both methods. So tell me, what what color roux do you use for seafood gumbo? Do you use a light roux or a dark roux? Dark. I like it dark. Um, as you say, sort of peanut butter is peanut butter uh, colored. Uh, but, but I, you know, I see all sorts of different colors of roux. <clears throat> it's kind of like coffee. Do you like dark roasted coffee or medium roasted coffee or light roasted coffee? Do you like a dark roux, a medium roux or a light roux? There's not one that's right and one that's wrong or one that's better than the other. It's a flavor thing. Yeah, like but I, I don't think some foods can stand up to a dark roux. I mean, I think, you know, sausage and, and turkey can stand up to it. it. You know, it's just like 
a kind of food that can stand up to a, a, a heavy wine like a Bordeaux or, or Cabernet, Cabernet. And, um, you know, I, I don't think a vegetable gumbo or a light gumbo can, can you know, hold its own with that. So those are some of the things I'm going to be exploring. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, the, the way to approach it is make a light roux, you know, fold it into a soup, see if that works for you, make a dark one, experiment go medium uh but you know you're the master of your own temperature you, you can make it as dark as you want or as light as you want and experiment try all sorts of different uh roux uh and soups and just see what works for you that's what i'll do and i'll report in and also i'll be dropping off samples on your front porch during the year that's a beautiful thing happy new year java happy new year carol and Happy New Year to all of our listeners on Deep South Dining. We appreciate you. We hope you have a great 2021. Uh, 2020 has been a little rude, but we hope to move on from that. We look forward to joining you every Monday morning right here on MPB Think Radio. Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting's Think Radio and is funded by generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Java Chapman. For my co-host, Carol Puckett, and myself, we appreciate you tuning in. Stay tuned for Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey, followed by 11 o'clock. It's a healthy show, Java. What's the name of it? Southern Remedy, Healthy and Fit. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Southern Remedy, that's the name of it. My screen just went blank. We'll see you next Monday. And you need to eat some blueberries. Eat blueberries. Stay smart. We'll see you next Monday right here on Deep South Dining, MPB Think Radio.